So I was promoting the show like a fair amount um, on social media. And today I am proud to report that a medical marijuana company is following me, following me now. <laughs> yep. My parents would be very proud. Hey, yum's the word. Haven't you heard? The yum's the word. It was started by a bird. My name is Robin. And her hair has lots of curls. Actually, I blow it out a lot. Two stories, some awkward. Like wedding the bed next to your boyfriend. Pretty funny and absurd. Like your boss tickling your side boob. So welcome all you nerds. And cool people too. This is for everyone. Except kids. Yum's the word. Happy 420! Hi, literally everyone. Hi, Alex. Hi, Robin. <laughs> Welcome to Yum's the Word. I'm Robin Gelfenbein. And I'm Alex Fulton. And today, Alex and I are so high on life. life. <laughs> uh, that's because our show the other night was um, really, really fun. I mean... It was, it was pretty exciting. My family was there. And not only that, Morgan, who you may have heard on the podcast, uh, she's eight years old. She's adorable and really fun. She came on stage with me and I think she pretty much nailed it. But, you know. She was amazing. You think so? Oh, yeah, totally. She was she was great. Yeah. I got some really good pictures of you guys up there, too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'd love to see them. Yep. Yeah, she had a good time. She was nervous. I could tell she was nervous. I don't know if you could tell. Yeah, and then you blew up her spot with uh, telling <laughs> telling the story of how we met. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? What did I do? Uh, you're like, she was so taken with him. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't think she would understand what that meant. <laughs> I mean, maybe she did. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't get red and like blush or anything. Like she did the first time she met you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just remember her dad being like, "I thought we had like a good couple of years before we were gonna have to be worried about." Mm-hmm. This. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just how attractive and enticing Alex Fulton is. Yep. Yeah. It's not easy being you, is it? No, it's you know, it's hard walking around like a piece of meat all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All that objectification. (laughs) Um, The other thing that was really exciting about our last show was that the Wienermobile was there. And uh, it was a bit of a coup to get it there, but I'm thrilled that they made it. And uh, that was your first time seeing it, right? It wasn't my first time seeing it. It was my first time being inside. Uh Oh, giant. Uh Uh Something I'll never forget. Something I'll never forget. What did you think of it? Uh, it was uh, it was close quarters. Yeah, a little tight. Yeah. Well, to me, I'm like, oh, it's so spacious compared <laughs> to the one that the one that I drove. But I, so when I met Dogger, uh huh, so one of the hot the, doggers, the, one of the first, or yeah, the first hot dogger that I met. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I forget what he said to introduce himself, but afterwards, I was like, wow. You're the only person other than Robin that I've met who introduces herself with hot dog buns. So. <laughs> I don't do that that much anymore. No, but I wouldn't put a past you to meet someone and immediately drop puns. Meet someone? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then it, it, the first thing I hear when I get inside the Wienermobile is her explaining... Uh, 
that they refer to the seatbelts as meat belts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was like, okay, of course. This yeah. is this it makes sense for it, that this is the planet that Robin came from. <laughs> <laughs> the the planet pork. <laughs> planet pork puns. <laughs> Um, well, I'm glad that you got a chance to catch up with it uh. yourself. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. So, Alex, uh, do you celebrate 420? Uh, you know... Or is uh, every as, day 420? <laughs> no, not every day. But, That's you know, teasing. like, once a week, maybe? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> are you doing anything special today? Uh, we are having a Blue Planet 2 and 4K Blu-ray party and having a bunch of people over to watch the most incredible ocean footage in high definition <laughs> available. <laughs> it's it's going to be so realistic. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Well, Are you doing anything for 420? Not that I'm aware of. I generally don't celebrate it necessarily, but you know, maybe, yeah. maybe Whatever uh, happens. I'll surprise you. Yeah. You should come to the Blue Planet 2 party. Yeah. Sounds fun. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. I'll I'll keep you posted. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of 420, um, the only time I was drug tested actually was for the Wienermobile job. And it was not exactly smooth sailing, which was a surprise to me. So here's that story from our live show, Last 420. My senior year, I went to spring break with some friends and they were like they gave me some they gave me a joint and I'm like I should try this and so I did I did a few cartwheels in the street as you do and uh, (laughs) and I was like I don't think it works it doesn't work on me and then like a month later I get this offer from Oscar Mayer and I'm like holy shit I might have drugs in my system and so I'm freaking out and I go to take the drug test and I am known for drinking like a shit ton of water on a normal basis and so, give them the results, or I give them my urine. Off it goes. That was kind of technical. Um, and, uh, and they mail me back, because this is how long ago it was, and they're like, you didn't pass. And I'm like, fuck. I'm freaking out, because this job meant everything to me. Turned out, I diluted the results, because I had so much water in my system. They're like, you're going to have to retake it. So I get to Hot Dog High, uh, which was the training program, and I'm freaking out because I was like, if I don't pass, I'm like not going to be a hot dogger and this is going to ruin my life. <laughs> I would have been devastated by this. And, but the problem was, the night before, I'd gone to a concert, a Sting concert. The whole time, I'm like, message in a Like, trying not to inhale anything. And luckily it worked. I, I passed. I drove the Wienermobile for a year and a half. Best job ever. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that story was from last year's 420 show when the theme of the night was high scream, stories that made you say, are you high? So on today's episode, we're featuring two bonkers stories from that night, which are hysterical. Plus, Auntie and I discuss what she knows about 420, which is, as you can imagine, hilarious. So let's get right to it. First up is Drew Prohaska. Drew is a two-time Moth Story Slam winner who has appeared on the Story Collider and Risk. This is his story of the unconventional way his boss boosted morale at his office. My dad had a book that he said changed his life. 
And uh, that book was um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. So I, in my mid-20s, had a book that changed my life. And that book was called... um, HTML for dummies. And, and so, like, within a year of reading this book, I got a job in Silicon Alley, like, on Lafayette and, like, Astro Place. Uh, and, 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 like, I'm making, like, a shit ton of money all of a sudden. And I'm, I'm in charge of, like, this team of, like, eight web developers, like, at this um, internet sweatshop slash cult of personality uh, run by this, like, giant enigmatic man named Hank. And um and like we were we we would have to like we were working like around the clock but like making bank you know and it was like 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 um every like the average age was like 23 and and it like uh, at six o'clock every every evening like a, the drawers would come open and everyone would just pull out their bongs you know and uh and, and like the guys in the server room I shit you not were just doing rails of heroin off the servers it was fucking crazy it was like Wolf of Wall Street but instead of like dwarf tossing everyone would just get high and play Quake you know and and um. And, and anyway, uh, so we were like, we were, uh, <laughs> we were working around the clock for like three weeks straight. And I'm the production manager in charge of this team. And um, morale is low. Like everybody, nobody's like leaving and having a social life. And, and, and my guys, are, they're so like bummed out. And, and, um, and my boss, Hank, he says, Drew, you got to find out like what we can do to raise morale. So I go to my team. I said, guys, what can I do? What can I do for you? And they're already making like a bunch of money and everything. And they're like... They're like, we haven't left here in three weeks, dude. I don't know. Can you get us laid? You know? And I was like, all right, whatever. So, like, I have to walk into Hank's office with, like, with my hands empty. I have no idea. And he's like, hey, Drew, so, you know, what's the big idea? And I'm like, we're going to have to get these guys hookers, Hank. Ha ha. (laughs) So, um, uh, anyway, like, Later that afternoon, I'm sitting at my computer, and there's just HTML, like, pouring out of my fingertips. And all of a sudden, the, the, the giant shadow of Hank passes over my desk, and this note lands in front of me. And he leans into my ear, and he says, tell no one. And I open up the note, and it says, Thursday, 4 p.m., and there's an address on, uh, on, on Park Avenue, and there's a name, Leslie. I thought, oh my God, Hank just bought me a prostitute. <laughs> and like, and like, I'm just seized up with like this panic. Like, like, first of all, like, I like that's I like Hank. He, he thinks I'm like a hooker guy. I'm not a hooker guy, you know. Like, I I get I don't like I I'm not prude by any stretch. But like, I don't even like strip clubs. Like, they they just seem like like sad places where guys go because they need like they have something they have to prove, you know. And and um and like I look around like to my teams to see if they like got similar notes, but they're all gone because it's 4:20 in the afternoon and they're all getting high in the stairwell, you know. So I'm like, holy shit! Like, what am I gonna do? Like, I have no experience with a hooker, and I'm like I'm like, uh, well, first of all, like like is, this is like one of those things like a, like a rite of passage. Like I'm 20. Five years old, you know, and, like this is something that I'm supposed to do. Like, like this is, uh, you know, so like I, I'd only had one experience with a prostitute, uh, which happened only a few months uh, before this. Um, uh, I was at a bachelor party and I was driving uh, in a, I was in a limousine with, uh, with all of my friends and the groom. Like we were going through the meatpacking district in, in 1999 when it was actually a meatpacking district, and the groom, the groom, uh, the groom, like decided he wanted to get a prostitute. And like I'm sorry that actually happens like uh, it really happens but I'm oh my god oh, Jesus Christ so so he tells the driver to pull up next to this streetwalker 
And, uh, and we're all just high as kites, Jesus Christ. We're all just high as kites in the back of this limousine. And um, we pull up next to this streetwalker, and the window just comes down. And then, like, immediately, like, this scabby Muppet head pops up in front of the window and goes, I'll suck out your dicks! And, like, I heard, like, this scream. <laughs> all of a sudden, there's this scream, which I think came from my penis but like uh, uh, but like all of a sudden like it's like a UFO landed behind us and we're just bathed in these spinning red and blue lights as we hear this police megaphone say gentlemen get out of the car now so that's the only uh, experience I've had with a prostitute you know and and so I'm terrified like I'm terrified because like like uh, uh, like it's just not who I am you know and so like I have like two days of just pure anxiety and like I'm sitting at my desk like just like all the I'm sure all the women and that I'm friends with in my like they know you know what I mean like they know and 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 like I can't sleep I can't sleep because I'm just every thought I I'm just consumed with this these visions of Leslie and like in her four post bed covered with like uh, scented lubricants and sex toys and yeah you know, and I I just I just can't like I I have so much I just can't I can I can barely breathe like thinking about this so Thursday rolls around and um and it's two, it's it's three o'clock and and I go into the bathroom at at work and I just stand in front of the mirror and I just look at myself in the mirror and I'm like this isn't me. You know, and, and, and I'm thinking, like, like, poor Leslie, you know, like, <laughs> like, she's going to, you know, just poor, like, I should have worn a nicer shirt, you know, and, and so I psych myself up and I, I leave the office and I, I get on the train and I go to, uh, it was like 20 second in park or whatever and and um and and I, I stand outside the building and i and I, i'm smoking a cigarette i'm smoking a cigarette and and this uh this old lady comes out of the building and she's walking her dog and she smiles at me like hi how you doing and i'm like oh my god like she has no fucking idea what i'm about to do like just feet away from where she talks to her grandkids on the phone you know like like and and i and i walk into the building and i and and, and i walk up to the uh the, the doorman and and um and he goes where are you going and I said 13B and he goes Leslie and and I'm like he knows he knows ah oh! and 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 so I I I I walk down the hallway to the elevators and I'm like this is where this is where the bust happens you know this is where this is where the men in the black riot gear rappel down the sides of the building and smash through the windows with their machine guns at the ready you know but it never happens and I just I walk into the elevator and I um and I hit number 13 and the doors close and I'm swooshed up the the center of the building and then and then I stops at 13 and there's this ding and a swoosh and I'm deposited onto this red carpet I walk down the hallway and I find 13D and then I look at my watch. It's 1999, we had watches. And, and, um, and I'm three minutes early and I'm thinking, what, what's the protocol? Like, you know, like what, what, like what if there's another John in there, you know? And he's like hopscotching around the room, like pulling up his pants, you know? Like, 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 like it's three in the afternoon on a Thursday and he's going to a prostitute. Like he's probably a real dirtbag. Like you don't want to rattle the cage of an ape like that, you know what I mean? And, and, and so I wait, I wait until, until, until it's time and I, and I knock on the door and I see the eyepiece, and the eyepiece goes dark, and I can just imagine Leslie looking at me through the eyepiece, and just this weird bobble-headed, sweaty freak, and the door opens. 
And uh, the door opens, and there's this giant man in a bathrobe, and he looks down at me, and he says, are you Drew? And I said, yeah, and he goes, hi, I'm Leslie. <laughs> and then like a minute later, I'm face down on a massage table with my face, like, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the little hole, and he is popping vertebrae in my back and like snapping bones and and I'm looking up like at all these massage degrees just like humiliated like of the horrible mistake I made and I'm trying to figure out what kind of massage this is because it feels like German you know and 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 this cenobite is just ripping me apart and 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 uh, and, and, and 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 I and I leave like an hour later just fucking humiliated and really well tenderized and I and I and I walk I walk into the office and I walk into the office just like like what just happened and 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 Hank is at the other end of the room going like ah. <laughs> and, and 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 I go and I just sit down in front of my computer and 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 I start clacking away and I just try to find that zone you know that comfortable zone where I'm just swimming in code and I don't have to try so fucking hard to act like a man thanks <laughs> That was Drew Prohaska. You can find Drew on Instagram at Drawn Funny and on Twitter at what I think is the best Twitter handle, which is Drew Baca. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Alex, so Bye. now that we're back from our hiatus, are you excited for the next hiatus. slide? Hiatus. Ah, that's so good! <laughs> See, this is what makes Alex so great to work with, among other things. I love it. Oh my god, I should have called our show the other night hiatus. Oh man, that would have been good. I'll have to remember it. It has nothing to do with ice cream, but you know, it doesn't matter. There has to be, I'm, I'm 100% certain there's cannabis ice cream. Of course there is. I haven't tried oh it. Oh my god. Could you imagine Robin. if I put that in an ice cream cake? <laughs> I feel like the storytellers would feel like they nailed everything one of their jokes because people would just be laughing constantly throughout the entire show oh man it would be well uh, I just saw a thing today about um, a bill being introduced legislation being introduced to end prohibition on marijuana so you know on a federal level so you know maybe one day in mm-hmm. the future that yeah we thing. can dream we can dream mm-hmm. <laughs> <Hazel>. <laughs> so now that we're back in action um our next live show is may 22nd and i don't know what the lineup is yet we're still figuring out the theme so um if you're not on our mailing list already you can sign up to be the first to know at yumsawordshow.com and in the meantime just make sure you save the date may 22nd and while you're on the site make sure you check out our storytelling fun one workshops they are great for work for personal uses you know you know chatting up people while you're waiting in line for coffee whatever whatever um and we would love to uh help you share your own story okay next up is auntie i was with her a couple of years ago on 420 and i asked her what she knows about this very special day auntie do you know what else today is april 20th earth day no that's 22nd 400 feet april 20th April 20th? 420. Do you know what 420 means? 420. No. Have you ever heard of it? I guess. I'm, I'm, no. In drug culture? Drug culture? Yeah. I don't know. It's a double dose of marijuana. 
<laughs> what? No. 420 is when people light up a joint. So today is like essentially like national. Light up a joint day? Sure. Well, so, let's go to Central Park. That probably the, the aroma of the pot will knock you out. Yeah. It used to knock us out in the 60s. Oh my God. Did oh, you smoke pot in the 60s? Sure did. Yeah, turn <laughs> a lot? No, but I know how to, I could drive a standard shift car with <laughs> I could drive a standard shift car when I smoked pot. When I couldn't. I thought it was great. Did you smoke uh, like a joint or did you use a bong? What's a bong? bong? Do you smoke it? I've tried it, it doesn't oh. do anything for me. I got very thirsty. I remember that being with somebody. Marty, she got very paranoid. We, at our house in Hamptons, we smoked it all the time, to be honest with you. To the um, Moody Blues. I love the Moody Blues. I have a, a CD, and I like it because it reminds me of those great days at the Hamptons. Smoking pot, getting high. That's right. <laughs> I think you've got to do that. That's part of growing up, for heaven's sake, to find out when you're not going to choose to do that anymore. Did you try any other drugs? No, I never tried LSD when I lived in Cambridge. We'll it was just coming to the fore, just big then. No, I had no interest in that. Smoked, in Cambridge, we smoked a little pot too, actually, at the parties at Harvard. <laughs> I experimented and why not? Exactly. That's how I feel. All right. Thanks, Auntie. You're welcome. Happy pot day. Happy pot day to you, too. Happy weed day. Happy weed day. I couldn't like the smell though. The minute you went to Central Park, oh my God, it would give me a headache. Stunk. Next up is Gastor Almonte. Time Out New York called him one of comedy's new kids on the block. Gastor has been featured on Comedy Central's This Is Not Happening, and he's appeared at the New York Comedy Festival and Cinder Block Comedy Festival. When I decided to do this theme, stories that made you say, are you high? I knew Gastor would have plenty of stories because all of his stories are pretty hilarious and unreal. And this story is no different. It's about the crazy shenanigans. I love that word. <laughs> Such a fun word. Uh, no, one's, no one's going to believe that we're high on life. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. It's true. Never. Uh, it's about the crazy shenanigans he got into when he was a teenager. Before I get started, it was a few fun moments for me today. And I heard my boy Drew tell this story. Before Drew got up here, we were at the bar. We were getting drinks. I like to tip my bartender, y'all should do that too. I had a 20, needed to break it. He offered a single, I don't like to take money. Then he gets up here and tells a dot-com, coke-infused pro story. <laughs> Anytime you offer me a dollar, I'm taking it going forward. Like, fuck that. Oh my God. Uh, before anything, um, I'm married, I got two kids. So normally when I prep stuff, my kids leave the house with my wife. Unfortunately, they were home this whole time when I was prepping this story, so I had to use a code word for sex. <laughs> so bear with me, okay? So I'm in Claudia's dad's room, and we about to play a game of checkers. <laughs> you gotta understand, like, I fell in love with Claudia because uh, she was the local cashier girl at VIM on Knickerbocker, you know? <laughs> For those of you that haven't been there, VIM is the best jeans and sneaker store in America. You know, that's where I go to buy my Tims and my knockoff jeans, okay? So I get to the counter, and she whispers, she's like, hey, yo, don't buy these. 
they gonna bleed when it rains and mess up your Tim's. And I said, yo, you just saved me $120. $100 on these boots and $20 on these three pair of jeans. <laughs> I need you in my life. You know? <laughs> so several dates to Crown Fried Chicken later. We in Claudia's dad room and this checkers game's about to go down. <laughs> now, um, that summer I had broken my arm, but I still kept making, making shit happen with Claudia, you know, get the cookie points. But as this game's about to go down, I realized how difficult it is to take off your shirt when you got a cast on. You know, and I don't know if you guys have played checkers before. <laughs> but it's usually vital to take off your shirt. <laughs> a lot of processing, thinking, there's moves you're trying to make. Even when you play checkers by yourself, you want both arms, you know? <laughs> Just for the options, you know? Be open. 15 minutes later, I get the t-shirt off. Game's about to go down. Lights get turned off. We in bed. Now as an adult, kids realize huge taboo to do this in her dad's room. You know, make sure your kids know that too. And right when we about to get down to business, Claudia's little sister Stacy runs to the door. She starts banging on the door. Claudia, Claudia, you gotta get him out of here. Dad's home, dad's home. And we start panicking, you know? We're looking around, there's, there's no way out, you know? She, he's coming in through the front door. He parked his car right by the front of the house. We trapped. And, and she looks around and she's like, you gotta go out the window. <laughs> it's a 15 foot drop. Like, I don't know if you see this. This ain't aerodynamic. <laughs> she looking at me like, I'm crazy. She gets out the room, buys me some time. I kick open the door. The door's gated. This is East New York, Brooklyn. It's not the safest neighborhood. If you haven't been there before, be proud of the decisions you've made in your life. <laughs> So I'm looking down. I'm definitely not making this jump happen. <laughs> Thankfully, you know, there's an air conditioning unit on an adjacent window, and it has the gate going out covering the AC unit. And I decide I could stand on that. So I climb out the window. I get on top of the AC unit. And as soon as I'm standing on top of it, Claudia and her dad walk in the room. He's a sharp dude. He's putting shit together. It's like, yo, Claudia, why is my bed a mess? Why is clothes every? Why is the window open? And she start bullshitting. She's like, oh, I was doing laundry, got a little hot. <laughs> no. Just trying to help you out, Dad. I know the workload's crazy. As she's saying that, he's at the window, but he's turned around looking at her, so he doesn't see me while he's pulling the gate closed. I feel lucky. I hear him talk, he walks out the room, and I'm safe. Decide I could buy some time. I'm standing on this window. Life is good. You know, I made it happen. I'm relaxed. And then two cops walk by the side of the house. The cop yells out, excuse me, sir. Now, I, I don't know if you've been in the neighborhoods like mine. There's, you know, there's a few problems with cops and the citizens in the area. Talk to me after the show. You know, I'll fill you in.
And I realized then why there's problems with cops, right? See, because in general, cops make great suggestions. I listen to them all the time, you know, slow down, put your hands up, <laughs> turn down the music. Great suggestions, awesome advice, sir. And I always follow suit, you know why? Because in general, when a cop is telling you something, they usually know more about the situation than you do. The problem with cops in my neighborhood is that they don't want to accept that on occasion, I might know more about the situation than they do. So when you see me standing on this AC unit outside the window and you yell out, excuse me, sir, I'm trying to calculate in my head, how can I explain to this guy as quickly as possible, yo, I'm trying to play checkers with this girl. Her dad just got home. I'm 18, she's 18, completely legal. He's not gonna care. He's gonna try to kill me, then I'm gonna actually need you. How can we avoid all that? So I came up with this, this is what I said. I was like, yo, chill. It's never a good idea when you try to combine whispering and screaming at the same time, you know? So he gets more assertive, like cop training shit. He's like, what was that, sir? I said, yo, chill. <laughs> Selling it with my eyes and shit didn't work. Thankfully, you know, there was a younger cop, looked like he grew up in the neighborhood. He walks around the gate, you know, going to handle the situation. He walks up to me. He's like, yo, what's going on, man? I'm like, yo. I'm trying to play checkers with this girl. Her dad's home. Once he leaves, everything's cool. He gives me a pound, walks around the gate, tells his partner, they giggle and walk away. I'm two for two. You know? Started feeling cocky at this point, you know? Claudia runs up to the window and she's like, Gastor, Gastor. I'm like, what's going on? You got my dad's pants on. <laughs> I look down, apparently her dad was coming to switch uniforms for the second gig. I like to wear Dickies, he wore Dickies too for work. Now, I got a cast on, it's a little bit of a challenge to take off your pants. I don't know if you've done this before, especially on a two by three box. Kick off my Tims, I unbuckle my belt, let the pants drop to the floor, I grab it with my left arm, throw it up, miss the window completely, they fall to the ground. She shakes her head, goes inside to buy me time, now I gotta climb down this shit. I hang on the AC grating, drop down, hurt my ankle, pick up my pants, and I'm looking up, Trying to figure out how I'm going to throw up these pants 15 feet into the air, into this window. And the cops come back again. Now, the young cop, he looks at me like this. He's like, yo, what the fuck? Because he vouched for me, right? Like, he co-signed me. Like, I was cool, yo. Like, what you doing, my G? They waved me over. And he's like, yo, what's going on? I'm like, yo, nothing's changed. Oh, the cop is like, yo, you had pants on before. <laughs> like, everything's changed. <laughs> so I go through the story with him again. I'm like, again, 
Trying to play checkers with this girl. Pops is home. Water dad's pants. Had to throw them to them. Missed the window. I'm down here trying to give him the pants. Once he gets the pants, everything's cool. Seems simple enough, right? Oh, the cop's not buying my story no more. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I got to go to the front door. I got to knock. I got to see what's going on here. So I'm pleading with him, walking down the gate, and Claudia, right at the right time, walks over to the window. Gasto, Gasto, he's in the bathroom. Come on, throw them up. He's like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> I said, I told you. So I go over to the window, and I'm looking up. Now, don't judge me. It took me a while to get them up there. See, you got to understand, I'm Dominican. I could throw all day, hire me for your softball teams. I got you. No bullshit, but that's with my right arm. Left-handed, in the air, 15 feet, with wind throwing up pants. It's insane. I don't know if you tried to do this before. I dare you. Try this shit when you get home. It's hard. Four throws in. My arm is sore as shit. Now the cops are taking bets on the side, talking smack. They bet lunch that I could get it up in 15 throws. <laughs> Young cop had faith. He bet on me, I made it nine throws in. Claudia caught the pants. Cops called me over, made me stand next to him like I'm gonna make a run for it in boxes in East New York, Brooklyn. <laughs> you gonna stand here, sir. I want you to wait till the gentleman leaves. Claudia's dad walks out the building and See him get in his car and he drives off and they escort me to the front of the building. They ring the bell, Claudia answers. Oh, the cop is like, you know this guy? And Claudia's like, you think I catch everybody's pants? <laughs> so he tried to be slick. He looks at me, he's like, I got no problem with you guys playing checkers. <laughs> but in general, it's a good idea for you guys to be in the same place when you're playing checkers. Inside or outside is fine, but both of you should work that out before. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Younger cop, you know, pulls me aside. He's like, sorry, man, I've been there. And I'm like, you've been here? And <laughs> this, this is you before. You know, does his piece, you know, he leaves and I play an amazing game of checkers that day. <laughs> Legendary shit, you know. A little older now front of my house, hanging out with my dad, doing landlord shit like we do. And we see two cops going for a stroll recently. And I see a much older, younger cop. And he pulls over my dad, he asks me, like, yo, um, just out of curiosity, you seen this guy, we're looking for this gentleman, broken into a couple houses in the area. And my dad's like, that's, that's crazy, man, because I thought this neighborhood was getting better, man. And he looks at me, he winks, he's like, you wouldn't believe the things I've seen. Thank you. <laughs> I love that story. It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. I it's actually, it's one of my favorite tellings of that story because I've heard it a few times too. Mm. I think you were the one to originally tell me about that particular story. I think you had seen it at Maybe. some bar in Brooklyn. Yeah. And you, because remember you mentioning checkers and I wasn't familiar with the story. Yeah. But uh, nice job. Thank nice you. Job. You know, nice. I will never look at checkers the same no. way again. Yeah. I <laughs> Wasn't a game I found myself in front of a lot to begin with. But, no, same. Yeah. So, um, what, what did what did you play? Uh, do you know Settlers of Catan? I've heard of it. Oh, I best don't... game. Really? Yeah. 
You can find Gastor on Twitter and Instagram at Gastor Almonte. I don't know if you know about this. He's recording his first album oh. in August. A caveat. Well, and Jeff Zimmerman just did one too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah. and they're doing a show together in yeah. Bushwick now. Yeah, something about being dead. It's a uh, Flatbush Zombie House. Yeah. See, close enough. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Way to promote it, Rob. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so you can follow him to learn when that's going to happen in August because you won't want to miss it. I'm totally there. I'm so there. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, Also, be sure to check out Gastor's other stories on our podcast. Some of my favorites are, without a doubt, the reverse drive-by. Yep. That story is epic. Um, And Puberty and Prima Donna's, where he is on the same episode with Tim Gunn. That's another (laughs) great one. And if you like those, please share them with your friends or share this episode with somebody you love. And if you're digging the stories on our podcast, please leave us a rating and review. It totally, totally helps us out. The stories you just heard were recorded live at Le Poisson Rouge in New York City. The podcast is produced by me, Robin Gelfenbein. And me, Alex Fulton. James Beer wrote our new music, and the theme song is by Mark Radcliffe. Special thanks to Megan Deneen, Michael Cedar, Danny Ortiz, Carly Patron, Jen Waring, Zach Schusterman, Katie Riley, and of course, Auntie. I'm Robin Gelfenbein. I'm Alex Fulton. Thanks for listening. Hope you get a piece. Happy 420! And until next time. Did you smoke pot in the 60s? Sure did. Here comes the word.